you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He alone is worthy of our worship. He alone is worthy of us getting together and doing this broadcast. And just want to say thank you. Just want to shout out to all of you that tune us in, that take your time to pull us up on your radios, your phones, however you do it, the internet. We're thrilled about that, and, and honestly, uh, it, it's quite an encouragement to us as we continue on. So Kevin's still with me. So Kevin, are you encouraged by that as well? I am. It's an honor. It it, it has the uh, earmarks of God in it. People pray for it. I can tell when they're praying, and uh, man, it's just I want to I want to keep on being thankful and do the job. Yeah, yeah. There's something there's something to be said about an honest heart that goes out of the way to learn as much as they can about God. So in just a couple minutes, we're going to be back into the scripture. We're going to be in John 19 and verses 17 and 18 and, and looking at what God has for us today. Along the way, you know, we always pick uh, something to talk about, some words. I want to talk about the cost of following Christ, you know, the cost of redemption, the cost of following Christ, however you want to look at that. So those of us who've been through trauma, we've been hurt, we've been through the terrible of terribles, we've seen the terrible of terribles, we know what it's like for, heart, for our hearts to skip a beat, we know what it's like for us to say, God, we are of any value. So those of us who've been through those things and see those things and live those things, uh, to be able to look at God's word and practically apply it to our lives and realize that there's nothing we've been through that is even uh, a, a minuscule millimeter of a uh, uh, hundred billion years of what God went through for us at Calvary. There's nothing we've been through. And there's nothing here on earth that will be as good as our eternity in heaven. Trust me, there is nothing here on earth that will be as good as here in heaven. So when we talk about the cost to follow Christ, there is a cost to it. And it's great we get to do that. Simon Peter said over in John 13, just a couple weeks ago, Simon Peter said unto the Lord, Whither thou goest, Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou canst uh, not follow me now, but thou shall follow me afterwards. And, and, and a couple of verses stuck to mind. This one I actually highlighted in yellow when I looked at it a minute ago. But Jesus say unto them, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. Let me say something to your friends. Um, you have people out there in your life who are going to try to derail your relationship with Jesus Christ. And some people, even in my life, bailed for me. When I got saved, when I started changing things in my life, some people started using words about me that are actually pretty cool. Things like Jesus freak, God maniac, churchgoer, Bible thumper, uh, you know, uh, let the uh, let the Bible belt come and save everybody. I mean, there were terrible things. But you know what happened along the way? There were people that pulled away from me and and God in his wonderful, passionate wisdom and graciousness uh, put these people into my life that love God, 
that love me unconditionally, that hold me. Uh, you know, the old saying, I don't know why women always say this on Facebook and stuff, but they say, this is the lady I'll call if I get thrown in jail. You know, guys get thrown in jail 10 times as much, <laughs> and I've never seen a guy say that on Facebook. This is the guy I call when I get thrown in jail. But those are the type of people that God provides us with. So God says, let the dead bury the dead. Let these people who choose not to accept me, who choose to be dead spiritually, who choose to spend an eternity in hell, let them take care of themselves, move out smartly and serve me. That's what I'm seeing here, Kevin. That's the cost. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be cheap to follow Jesus Christ. And I'm so glad Jesus Christ, he gives the um, full scoop. He doesn't overpromise and underdeliver. He actually under promises and over delivers because <laughs> he said this, and this is one of many times where he told the people that wanted to follow him what, what it was going to be like. He said in Mark 10, 29, and Jesus answered and said, verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or brother and his sisters or fathers or, or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands now stop right there it's like wow that's great that is great then he says with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life so he 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 told the truth there was a positive side to it but there was a negative side and when he painted this picture, I think it's wonderful, and we shouldn't miss it because you can get scared off by that, and I think that's why Jesus put it out there. He wanted people, he wanted to to, to, to cut the chaff out before they ever got started, kind of like with um, um, Gideon and his 300 there, you know, let's bring it down to from 30,000 or whatever to 300. But, um, but anyway, uh, Jesus said, you shall receive. So if you leave, if you follow him, and you leave these things behind, and it just doesn't work out. Your fa your father says, get out of the house. Your mother says, I don't like you anymore. And your sisters, you know, punch you in the face, and your brothers disown you, and your wife leaves you, and you're deserted. Your children, your land, you know, the Bible says the child, children shall rise up against their parent, parents and have them put to death. You know, whatever, you know, worst-case scenario, but whatever whatever's going on with your family, Jesus said this, ye shall receive a hundredfold now this time. And brother, the only way I can think that that works is if you're following God and serving him because in serving him, your sacrifice and your loss, just like with Jesus Christ, will cause the accrual of more people that are for you than that are against you. And case in point, um, the, the, the disciples of Jesus Christ, they lost everything. But you know what? They their, the impact of Peter and the people he won to Christ, the impact of Paul and the people that he won to Christ, that it, it's just unfathomable. I can say this. There have been times when I felt like I was left alone, Doug. There's been times where I felt like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I haven't done everything right, but, you know, the, the things I can't that are not mine to give, that I refuse to give on, I've lost quite a bit over it. And I know there's people out there that have been through just that. You said, I'm sorry, I can't give on that. I'm not going to help you sell drugs. I'm not going to do this weird thing. We're not going to go to the nudist beach together. We're not going to do these things together. And it's okay. If it's going to be that way, then I'm done. Okay. You just stay faithful to God in church. Number one, there's going to be brothers and sisters in church 
more so than the people you leave. They're going to see what you're going through. are going to recognize that God's going to touch your heart if you're in a good church. And, and they're going to say, hey, we're for you. And I'm not saying everyone's going to feel bad for you and call you a victim. I'm just going to say God's going to touch hearts, and you're going to feel the weight. Like the Bible says, the light suffering that we have worketh for us a more exceeding weight of glory over there in 2 Corinthians 4.17. So in, in the accrual, in the accumulation of things, the aggregate picture of your life at the end of things in eternity is going to be like, wow, my dad left me but I I had spiritual fathers at church. My kids left me, but I had spiritual children that came to Christ because they said, whatever is about you that made you continue following Jesus at the loss of your children, I want want it. You're going to lead them to Christ. That's what Jesus is talking about, don't you think? I think so. And, you know, I was thinking about something you said about Gideon. So about a month ago, you know, I, I, I was listening to a message, and Gideon was brought up, and, and what a story. What a mm. guy. I mean, what a, you know, when the Lord says everybody who, who, you know, sticks their face in the water, get rid of them, you know, <laughs> and uh, the ones that can keep their heart on the mission. And anyway, they're going through all these things. And here's Gideon. Selection. He wakes, yeah, yeah, selection process is hard. Man, I'm telling you, it's like going into the military, except even more difficult mm-hmm. serving God. And so all this going on. Well, and then Gideon with 300 people just wipes out the enemy because God was there. God made it happen. God mm-hmm. elevated Amen. Gideon. But you know, as I studied him the other day, so I stopped listening to the sermon. And the sermon was about three people in the Bible that God used to make a difference. Well, I said, mm-hmm. I don't know a lot about Gideon. So I went back and looked. Gideon was a knucklehead. Gideon was nothing short of God. You know, he was nothing. I mean, Gideon wasn't raised to be something. Gideon wasn't from the best family. You know, Gideon was like us, folks. He's just a knucklehead that showed up and said, I, state your full name, do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Bible. You know, and I I mean, somewhere along the way, uh, you know, God gets a hold of people. In, In this tough verse over here in Matthew 16, 24, then Jesus said unto his disciples, if any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow. Follow me. If there's one hard thing to do, folks, the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life, the hardest thing I have to counsel people about, the hardest thing I see people do in my life, I'm just telling you, the number one hardest thing is that deny yourself. And uh, man, that's some tough stuff right there. But nobody ever looks at the other side of that equation. Everything we do comes with benefits. You know, it's good over here. It's bad over here, whatever. The great thing about God, it's good over here. It's good over here. Deny yourself, that's a good thing. Uh, Choose God, that's a good thing. So, folks, you know, we so often are programmed that, well, if I let go of these people, if I do this, stop it. You know, deny yourself. It's okay. Others around them, uh, you will deny themselves, and your identity will become one with Christ. Hey, hang with us. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in today. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements.
Well, I got to tell you, serving God is a great thing. It's great looking at the life of Christ. It's great being in chapter 19 of the book of John selection, as Kevin was just saying, standards. I remember the army was particularly hard. You would bring people from a high school or something that come into your office and they'd say, you know, Sergeant Carragher, I want to join the army. And you'd sit down. And the first thing we did is we, we called this thing Apple MD or the pre-selection process. And Apple MD stood for age, prior service, physical status, law violations, education and uh, <laughs> marital status and dependency. So we'd go through and ask all those questions to make sure they qualified. That was a way for us to remember the qualifications. And, and boy, uh, out of every five people, you'd only have a couple that would even make it to the test uh, to take the mental aptitude examination. Mm -hmm. Well, God wants us to be select people, but he takes everybody. There's no Apple MD happening with us. Hey, how old are you? Hey, were you prior service? Hey, was your daddy a pastor? No, none of that. It's now like, are you willing to serve? Are you willing to deny yourself? Folks, that's where the rubber hits the road right now. Deny yourself. It says here in the Bible in, in uh, John uh, 19, starting in 14 through 16, and, and it was preparation of the Passover. And about the sixth hour, he said unto the Jews, behold your king. But they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, we have no king but Caesar. They delivered he him, therefore, unto them to be crucified, and they took the Lord Jesus and led him away. I'll tell you, folks, when, when a monarch goes through their process and, 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 and they go to their uh, coronation, one of the things that happens in, with England, I know this happened with Queen Elizabeth to become uh, queen. Uh, I'm not sure if it exactly happens now, but I read a book years ago that the, uh, that the clergy, the Church of England, would, they would scrub her body down and and uh, pledge to get all the sin off of her, forgive her of everything, and then pledge their allegiance to follow the crown. Folks, mm. we pledge our allegiance to follow Christ. We pledge our allegiance to God. And, and so there's some lessons we can learn in here, right? You know, uh, see the crowd, they declared themselves, hey, we're going to be about Caesar. You know what they did? They declared themselves for an eternity in hell unless at some point someone shared the gospel with them. And they go, I should have had a V8. I just got that. Again, we're continuing to see Jesus' will and sacrifice. We're considering to see, to see a rejection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We, we continue to see that in 2023. We continue to see the cost. But, but you know, who, who's our Savior? Who's the one? The, the cost is there. The cost of allegiance is Christ. Christ is our Savior. We're going to follow him. And, uh, you know, these people are wanting to point toward the king. It goes on today. Folks, there's, there's churches. There's entire religions built on hierarchy. There's entire religions built on complementaryism, that we can be equal with God. Some people, complementaryism is men and women are exactly the same thing, whatever the case may be. But what we... We know that God made us all exactly the same, gives us all exactly the same salvation, but we got questions beyond that, and our allegiance is Christ, and our Bible is our guide, Kevin. Yes, sir. Our allegiance has to be gun barrel straight, true north compass heading toward Jesus Christ. And as you were talking there, I was looking at these scriptures. You know, the the players here with the, the you know the Jews, which would be the the uh, leaders of the Jews, approaching Pilate and saying, 
Um, if thou let this man go, this was what we covered a, a day or two ago. If thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. So they're trying to push buttons. And I mentioned uh, I have a daughter who's a pilot, and there's a uh, left seat pilot who was uh, just just giving her a hard time. Just couldn't win. You could never grease the landing as you know as good as he could. And if you did, he'd say, "Yeah, well, you you did this other thing wrong seven days ago." You know, just a narcissist, a total knucklehead, as you say. <laughs> but. Um, but but anyway, uh, and I said we were, I was talking to her. I said, "Sweetheart, I, I will pray for you about this. You got some spiritual warfare. Remember that." And uh, and and she said, "Yeah, I am concerned that he'll go back to the boss, to their boss. So remember, it's left right seat pilot, but then there's supervisors back in the uh, in the office, so to speak, of the uh, commercial airline company. Not not passenger, just cargo type stuff. Small small biz jet type type of uh, airline, and um, and." And she said, uh, I'm concerned he, he'll go and just try to push the button of the person and actually try to, um, you know, blacklist uh, her. I said, well, you know, you just, they know what you are. They know how you normally do things. Let the truth win. And she totally agreed. But uh, which I'm confident that's how it's going to work out. But in your life, you, if you're listening and you've got this power play going on in your life, and and uh, just like they they said about, um, they cried out, "Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him!" And Pilate said that um, the, the the chief priest answered, "We have no king." Well, Pilate said, "Shall I crucify your king?" And they said, we have no king but Caesar. So they were, you know, like just kissing up and, and turncoating and acting like the Herodians. Herodians were the kisser uppers of the Jews. It's like, hey, Pilate's just about a Messiah. Herod's just about a Messiah. If you think about it, you know, this would be the hyper uh, conservative people, even in the United States today, that are like, oh man, Trump is a savior or, you know, Bush is a savior, just whatever. When you're, when you're in that position, it's, you're, you're dangerous. Let me just say you're dangerous. Don't get overly political. Remember, Jesus Christ is the one. You're not kissing up to anybody. You, you can be confident that God is your king. But when you've got a power play going on and you just got someone that feels like that you're a threat to them and they're, and they're pushing buttons and they're, they're floating, uh, you know, apple polishing the, the leader and stuff, you're just going to have to take a step back and say, you know what? Either I'm going to trust God and let the truth win, or I'm going to manipulate my way through this, in which case you're stooping to the ways of the narcissist, and God is trying to root that out of you. And if, he, if you let him do it, you'll come out of this thing shining, self-improved, so to speak. You'll be on a plateau you didn't dream before. Yeah, that's really good. And, and, and it says so much about what Kevin was just saying, the importance of faith. You know, faith that Christ is the Savior, uh, not letting peer pressure get to you. Uh, you know, the cost of following Christ, just denying yourself, saying, you know what, God, I've been, I've, I have not denied myself. I've been all about self. I've lived this life. And all it does is bring me to a, uh, you know, a, a life full of emptiness. But when you stop denying yourself, something wonderful takes place you know, the Holy Spirit can then do a work. And this is, I've seen people's lives explode into greatness for this world. I've seen people um, who, because of an action, because they trusted God, because they've stepped out, 
I've seen people make a difference in hundreds, if not thousands of lives and millions of life because people say it's not about me. And uh, whether we like people or not, we've seen it. I, you know, read Billy Graham's book, just as I am, you know, Billy, uh, you know, left college and said, you know, I'm not good at this pastor and stuff. God, just send me out. I'll go talk to a few people. Just set it up for me. And, uh, you know, no one talked to more people in the history of this world about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I don't know what God has for us. And I, I, you know, I'm not here to talk about good and bad out of decisions, but I can tell you this, the greatest decision, the best decision you'll ever make is to deny yourself and to, uh, and to serve God, just ID with him. We're going to talk about identifying with Christ tomorrow, but just to say, you know what, God? I trust you. When you trust somebody, things change. I remember when our kids were young, one of the things I wanted to do, I was raised, in, my father was a knucklehead. He left us when I was young. He was never that guy. I'm proud of you. You're doing a good job in school. None of that. Deserted us. I didn't see him for years. A couple of years later, my mom remarried. I had a stepfather and everything changed. I'd come home with the same report cards and my stepfather would say, good, we're going the right direction. This is starting to be good. Let's work together and do better on this. You've got all, everything you need to do great. And something happened in my life. I went from a C student to an A student. Something happened in my life. I started talking to people. You know, folks, that's what God does for us when we deny ourselves. God just, he, our heavenly father gives us everything we need. We love you guys. Come back tomorrow for an identity with Christ. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.